Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with a 19-year fitness trainer, Lauren Saracion. Lauren specializes in holistic pain elimination. This is such a fascinating conversation, and we share how we connected over Instagram, and we just have a lot of very similar messages and things that we share. So this is an incredible conversation. Lauren has a very unique understanding of how unresolved trauma stored in the body's electromagnetic field distorts our tissues, causing physical pain and the genetic expression of DNA in dis-ease. Pain Explained, which is her signature program, helps you to get fit, athletic, and heal from pain, mental, emotional, and physical. She also has a podcast called Love is a Verb, where she sheds light on the mental and emotional connection between the body and the universe as a whole. With the podcast, she hopes to reduce polarity in the unified field of love by including trauma as an integral part of our life experience. Lauren really follows the philosophy that our stories happen to us for a reason and that we are here to learn from those stories in order to show up as our strongest version of ourselves connected with our higher self or our high self and how that helps us to step into the light to be the example for others of what is possible. I love this episode. She blows me away with her knowledge. I know you're going to love it. Welcome to the show today, Lauren. How are you? Oh my God. I'm that was so dorky. Wow. Is this a video too? Did everybody just see that? I'm no, sorry. they didn't. <laughs> Y'all, I just curtsied. I, I'm really excited to talk with you today. I'm well. Short story, I'm well. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. Tell everyone where you are from. I am in Los Angeles, California. Awesome. 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 We are going to get into your story, but I want to ask you a couple other questions quick. What is a book that has had some impact on you? Oh my God. Breaking the habit of being yourself. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. (laughs) Not a surprise there at all. At all. Do you have a favorite quote or mantra that really just speaks to you or grounds you when you are in, when you need that grounding? Energy first, material second. Oh, I love that. I love that. Is that yours or did you hear that? I don't know. Cause I Googled it to see and it didn't come up with anyone. And I was like, okay, like maybe I grabbed it intuitively I from did. the ethers. I just did a podcast today and I was like, I don't know who said that quote, but I've been saying it for the longest time. So maybe I did say it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea. All right. So what drives you? What is something that just drives you and lights you up? <gasps> Knowledge 
to this is like so like dorky like knowledge to heal because i feel like when you find the deeper layers of the why you can let go of the pain the emotional pain so knowing i guess <laughs> oh wow 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 okay so before i even get into your story i just think it's really cool to say how we connected via instagram right? Mm -hmm. Is that right? And you had heard, I don't know how you, you heard about self-care, right? Was that it? So, okay. Yes. No, I can tell it. I can tell the story because I was late because, um, so I was in Lauren Salon's PR accelerator and you all were on a podcast, um, panel panel. Yes. Yes. I was like, what's the thing when you're all in a row, but you weren't in a (laughs) row. Um, yeah. In the old days when we were in person. So yeah, you're on the podcast panel. And, um, and so then you were the first person, you were the first, um, podcast that I listened to, um, because I don't know, like I was just like super drawn to you and I listened to you and, um, Corey Phelps talk about, Mm. you know, filling your cup. And I was like, I know about the cup. I'm like, we have to talk about the cup. And so, yeah. And so that's why, like, and I, and I just love my favorite thing. I have a lot of things I like about you, but one of my favorite things that like made me want to connect was that you talk about taking responsibility. And I think that like when you're suffering, you feel like if somebody says you're responsible for this, you're like, what? I didn't do that. But we are responsible for our body and in our life and there are exterior things, but I loved your perspective of like, actually like you got to own all your stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, and then since then, I don't even know how many conversations we've had in the last month. Quite a few, actually quite a few. I know. It's Look, been we awesome. just started scratching our necks at the same time. <laughs> okay. So this is good. This is awesome. This is awesome. Here's the power of social media. Seriously. There are so many people that are out there that you need to stay open to and that you can connect to. And I know you, when you first connected to me, I loved it because you'd sent a video message and not just a, I love voice memos, but you sent a video message and I'm like, huh, I'm not sure who this is, but I really want to connect. So this has been such a great way to connect. And we've had um, a lot of connections in the last month. So I'm thrilled to have you here today because not only you're amazing, you have an incredible story. You have an incredible story and we speak so much of the same language. So I knew that this would be a really good place to start. So we talk about, we both talk about self-care, our cup, owning our trauma and what that is. And this, I'm going to back it up for a second. This fall, I had surgery, you know, I had surgery, I had back surgery. And I can't tell you how many people said to me, but when did you damage it? Like what happened? Did you, and and even the doctor basically was like, I don't know what to tell you, except that your spine literally pulled apart. There's a number of reasons that I believe that that happened, But I think that that was something that we could connect with from the very beginning because you had a very similar story in the sense that Mm -hmm. we physically went through something without an actual physical trauma happening to the body. So I would love it for you to share what your story is and what your trauma is that you went through. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I, I learned, I've been in fitness for 19 years, June of 2021 will be 20 years. 
And, and, um, you know, I learned, I learned Pilates from Ron Fletcher who learned from Joe and Clara Pilates. And he was also a modern dancer. And he actually, we're, we're both in Fletcher black today, like head to toe black is like, I, my socks are even black today. Yep. Um, <laughs> they just look down. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and so like he, you know, he taught to have an Eagle eye and like, look at precision and look for geometric shapes when you were cueing somebody and then teach them to see geometric shape versus you know, flaws or whatever. So like, as you were talking about your back splitting apart, like I went into his x-ray vision, I'm actually like watching it pull apart. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, that's so terrible. Um, So yeah, there with you. And for me, like I was, I had chronic headaches and, you know, shoulder pain and radicular pain, which is like sciatic pain, but down the shoulder instead of down the hip for years. And I just thought, oh, like, this is like what, you know, some people get, this is like what I get. And so I didn't really think anything of it. And, you know, there was times where like, I'd have to do a podcast and I'd have sunglasses on because I was like, I got to get this done. Like, you know, you just got to, you know, get your stuff done. And so in 2017, um, on in March, March, my birthday's March 12th. My dad's birthday is March 15th. Shit always happens for me on March 15th. It is very bizarre. So quarantine happened on March 15th for me in LA. Um, so I, um, found out, well, I got my MRI results, right. I finally go and get the, and get the, get the picture taken. And my GP and my, um, chiropractor are like, we don't know what to tell you. We've never seen this before. A disc slid up and under the disc above it. What did you do? And I'm like, nothing. They're like, you didn't, you didn't do a different weight. I'm like, no, like literally nothing in my lifestyle has changed for this to occur. And I thought, okay, like, you know, it was, it was, it was really, really scary. Like I was in CVS Mm -hmm. when my, when my chiropractor called and, um, and I like got up to get my prescription for my pain relievers and she told me, and I couldn't even talk. So Mm -hmm. like, I had to get out of line, go down the shampoo aisle and just like ball my eyes out and then muster the strength to go back and like check out for my prescription. And so I just thought that that level of intense pain was going to be the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And then of course I'm in fitness. So I'm like, well, then if I can't move, how am I going to do my career? And am I going to go on disability? And like, what, you know, what is actually going to be the outcome of my life for the, you know, for all these years. And then, um, it switched right away because thank God, whatever, like I'm whatever I'm supported to where I was like, wait, like miracles happen all the time. And if I can figure out the how to fix this, I will fix it because I've, you know, watched 2020 about people reversing cancer. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, there's a possibility here. Right. And and so I, I got into Louise Hay just a little bit, but it, it like kind of made sense, kind of didn't make sense. And after four months, I thought I was going to heal in four months. And when four months rolled around, I wasn't healed. And the neurosurgeon was like, you need surgery. You suffered long enough. And power of social media, I post on Facebook. I'm like, oh, I didn't heal. And then somebody said the divided mind with Dr. John Sarno. And that is more science to understand psychosomatic versus Louise Hay being more metaphysical and kind of woo-woo. And that is like what really like set it off for me to be like, oh, this is a psychological issue. And and then I took responsibility. Doing the work. <laughs> well, in here, I just want you to clarify because I know the answer to this, but somebody's going to be listening and go, psychological. You mean it was just in my head? Well, it still did produce physical response, yeah. right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So the short of it is um, really short. And, you know, Joe Dispenza, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and Greg Braden are like my go-to men. Um, I wish they were female, but whatever. They're the, they're the guys that I rely on a lot for this stuff. And so you all can Google this um, or, you know, look it up and stuff. And so um, your cells vibrate um, at the rate of the environment. So they pick up a vibration in the field, which is an emotion, and they send a signal to the brain. They're like, hey, are we feeling fear? Are we feeling happy? Are we feeling sad? And Hebb's law, nerve cells that fire together, wire together, goes into action. And if your mind can find a reason to say, yeah, you're feeling angry. Yeah, you're feeling sad. Yeah, you're bored. Then the matching molecules of emotion will secrete from the brain to confirm that feeling. So me, I had a, you know, I, I did intentional things. Like I was like, screw God in my twenties. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> so like, I, it's, you know, cut myself off, but also like I, I intentionally made myself callous. Like, you know, like I felt like spiritual people, um, were out of their mind and that, you know, I could be strong and independent and I can do things on my own. And I want like a real, like, I want all these like real tangible things. And so I disconnected mm -hmm. psychosomatically of mind and emotion. So if you can't feel the emotions and your brain is just secreting degenerative molecules of emotion, it's going to break down tissue. Mm -hmm. That, that makes complete sense. Like it really does make complete sense to me. And I think that when we go through, I, I, I'm going to tie one little piece here. I remember years back as I was coming to a space of really trying to figure out how was I going to navigate the chaos that I was living in my own life? And what was that going to look like? And a mentor said to me, when do you feel joy? And I remember saying, what? Like, what do you mean joy? Like I didn't feel, I actually didn't feel anymore. And that's when I was like, yeah. oh crap. Like I didn't even realize that I had got to that point in life and it became so robotic. And so just keep going, push harder, do more. I'll get to those feeling things later. Like totally. I'll get to that stuff later and really was missing the entire point. Yeah. Does I that agree. make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. So how did you navigate? Like, how did you, how did you do this? Like, I know you did some, you obviously did some work, you did some research, you did some learning of your own. And this, I would encourage anybody to do this. Like when you were faced with something that is life altering, you have to decide what's best for you. And I, in my case was interesting because I had most people saying, you can't do surgery. Like this is like, you will never be the same person again. Yeah. You can't do surgery. Yet I had this gut feeling that that was exactly what I was supposed to do. And I remember, I mean, every, literally every medical professional was like, this is just going to be the worst thing for you until I met my surgeon who I had a really good connection with. Mm -hmm. And he said, it is physically impossible to create and fix this, this gap of what you have. And in fact, you're going to lose, you will lose mobility. You will eventually mm -hmm. lose mobility. And I went internal for a long time before I made a decision. And then when I made this, the decision, it was like, this is what we're doing. It was crystal clear. And this is what we're doing. And mm -hmm. it was such the right decision. Like, I'm so glad that I made that decision for me. But if you had asked me my medical opinion, it would have been no to surgery because back surgery is awful. Quote unquote. That's yeah. what we tell ourselves. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate that. And, um, and, you know, a course in miracles that 
is Jesus channeled through an atheist professor, I think, mm-hmm. um, in the 70s. Um, there's a point where he says, like, if you believe that the pill is going to, like, I think he's like, it actually says pill, right? Because it's written in the 70s. Um, if you believe the pill is going to alleviate your headache, take the pill. Mm-hmm. You believe it will work, do it because do it. it's all about belief. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I didn't meet a surgeon who was like, yes, this is going to be better. Like the way your person did. Mm-hmm. My people were like, yeah, like it, it'll probably work. Uh, and then when I got to my physical therapist, he talked about energy oh, and cool. he, yeah. And like, and then he would like make hit, put his feet on the ground and like ground himself. And then like describe like pulling it out, you know, pulling whatever it was out of me. And yeah. And so like in his practice, he had another, um, uh, you know, physical therapist that like would have the assistant come and just like roll my back with something that you could buy on Amazon. I was like, I'm not doing this shit. Like, <laughs> you no know, sense. like, yeah. So I just ended up, I think, gravitating towards the people I did yeah. for whatever reason. I'm not against surgery. I'm just, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I'm against giving away your will and <laughs> like not taking that. I don't, that I 100% <laughs> agree with 100%. And it's interesting because even when I did decide to do surgery, so many people were like, Oh my God, I'm so sad that it's like, you're, it's like, it's broken. I'm like, no, see how I pray. Even before I went into surgery, my brain was like, we're rebuilding. We're rebuilding. This is like that. And that was the only energy I would give it was that we're rebuilding. And right before I went under, I said to the surgeon, So you're sure he goes, you do not stand a chance any other way. And you're going to recover so seamlessly. And I was like, okay, so that was imprinted in my head. So, but again, it's whatever we believe, whatever we are, whatever we're doing. I look at it now, literally like less than two and a half months since, and I'm, I'm completely different. Like I I can't even tell you how much my life has changed pain wise. So I think we have to kind of go internal with what that is, but I want to talk to you about like the things that you did and what filled your self-care cup, maybe what you had to put into place, Mm -hmm. what you had to stop doing, who you had to be around, who you had to stop being around. What did that look like? Yeah, totally. Um, well, you know, breaking the habit of being yourself. Um, I had already bought the meditations and was doing the meditations, but did not know there was a book attached to them. Mm. Um, cause I'm always left of center. I'm always like, not quite there. So I finally like buy the books because Hay House was having a sale and I was like, Oh, this is what it's from. And so I was still married. I was still married at the time. It was like the tail end of the marriage. And um, I hated my ex, my ex-husband's ex-wife, like it was my job. And so, you know, like I'd go to her Facebook page and like, wah, 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 like, you know, just look at all this stuff of like how she was being terrible. And um, in breaking the habit of being yourself, he explains how, you know, you have a mood or you have an emotional response that only lasts six seconds. The chemicals are done after six seconds. So it's you reliving it. <laughs> I know, right? Like what a trip. And so he's like to goes through this like whole little thing of you know, your personality is made off of you re, you know, doing it of like, you know, you meet somebody and they're in a bad mood, you're like, "Oh, I'm in a bad mood because this thing happened." Well, then 3 days later, they're still in a bad mood because this thing happened. And then pretty soon that's just your personality and your state of being. Mm. And you become more and more of that person because it just recycles itself because you keep recreating the experiences to confirm your feeling. Mm-hmm. So when he gets into the last four four chapters of that book, which I just I highly re- recommend anybody to do it, because he says he's like pick one emotion for you to um, strategically evoke 
in your meditation. So feel anger, Mm -hmm. feel where anger shows up in your body so that when you are unconscious, making your bed or taking a shower, and all of a sudden it just creeps in on you because you just start randomly thinking about it and you put yourself in that mood, feel what it feels like at the onset so that when you're out doing life, you can recognize it. Wow. So that, right? So that you don't mm-hmm. start the cascade of chemicals. And I'm like, okay. And then he says, you have to stop doing the things that are the old you because your personality is what is the container for your pain. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh my God, I got to stop looking at her Facebook and I got to stop. Like, I, like I had to stop hating somebody. Like how ridiculous is that? It's not actually, I'm, I, it's not ridiculous. I think what you're saying is so freaking powerful because you, you had to have awareness to what you physically had to stop doing in order to stop eliciting that same response over and over. And a lot of people don't have the self-awareness to even come to that first step. Like that, you know why? Because a lot of people spend the time trying to change what's going on out here instead of going back into what am I doing to elicit this? Totally. And this is just so amazing. I'm not surprised by this at all. So I have notes prepared for this. And I was like, I was like, let me see, like, if, you know, if she has anything that like she wants to ask me if I want to talk about. So what you just said is that people are right. Focusing on what they need to change on the outside. And I was like, okay, so wait, so there's three negative results. There's like three containers of negative results of trauma that number one, it's repressed. And that's largely around um, shame and your sacral chakra, your, your sacral energetic um, chakra. And there is expressed, which you just said, which expressed has to do with blame and your solar plexus, because you think you want the exterior to change your responses and your feelings, but you're the one expressing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see it because you know, something has to change. Like, you know, you're recreate, you know, things are recreating. It's the same job. It's the same partner, all those things, but you don't, you still don't see that it's you. And then the third one is full stop the trap. Like your number one root fear that keeps you disconnected, disconnected, you know, mm-hmm. keeps you plugged into a low vibrational state of being. Um, but yeah, it's just three. And it's like, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I was meditating. And so asking. everything will come down to those three points that you're going to see your, I don't want to call it pain, but you're going to see your emotions in one of those three ways. Yeah, because um, the cup, everyone, was that that got me so excited was that I see trauma as a whole, a vibrational hole in your self-care cup, that if you're not dealing with the vibrational level of what the emotions are are made of, then all your self-care just goes out the window. It's good. It gives you stimul- stimulus to make changes, but it's it's not going to stick so so well, right? And so because you need to like take responsibility for the really deep stuff. And until mm-hmm. you do... Mm-hmm it's the void. So, um, so when, when I look at this stuff to say, okay, like how does it show up in the body? Because I am a fitness professional and this is how I look at it, that if I look at the first three chakras of where we are traumatized the most, it's through a root fear, like your number one fear. Mm -hmm. It's through, um, the distortion of sex with sexual abuse. And what we have in the media of like what a sexy person is supposed to look like, which is just outrageous. And then blame, like everything, like every movie is about what the other person did. 
you know, nothing looks at that you're creating your reality. And so if it's repressed and you're completely unaware, you're unconsciously living in trauma. If it's expressed, you can see it and you like will voice to your friends like, hey, like I got to stop dating the same type of guy. How do I watch the pattern of like, how do I watch them to let me know where they're messing up and when I need to get out of the relationship? Not how do I show is to find out how I'm doing my pattern. And then that final root fear is like the thing that keep like, it's like the number one self-limiting belief of like, this is the biggest issue of like, why you're not, why your dreams aren't coming true, whatever they are, because of this one really strong trauma. Wow. Okay. So I'm just like absolutely blown away. You always blow me away every time I talk to you. And I love how you have broken this down because this is really like, I think, and this is a very vague statement, but in society now, we are constantly looking outwards as to what, what can I do? What can I sign up for? What can I, what can I be part of to create the change that I need, whether it's a diet, whether it's a coach, whether it's like, what can I do? And you are really helping to pinpoint and show how much we can't avoid our part in this whole equation. Mm -hmm. right? That's where our power is, is seeing our role and not from a space of blame, but our role as to what we are capable of doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So some of the holes that were in your own self-care cup, what were those holes that you had to fix? Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So just so you guys don't know, Lauren, it has her own podcast called love is a verb. So I was on her podcast. Um, I don't even know, but um, anyways, she's a fantastic host. And as soon as we did the for the interview, I was like, okay, you obviously have a lot of experience with <laughs> podcasting. So I was like, I've got to come up with some questions today to get her on the spot. So I want to know some things about what were some of the holes that were in your own self care cup. You know, I the first thing that comes to mind, and maybe the whole will present itself, is that I constant like I'm really good at expecting the worst case scenario, and you know, I don't know why this is coming to mind, but here we go. So I was um, when I was married, we went to a destination wedding in Mexico, and it was when I was just getting into more personal development stuff after my brick and mortar closed. I had a gym in Old Town Pasadena. Um, called Pilates Barbell Club, and it folded after two years. Like we just ran out of money. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's energetic stuff behind it, but material world, there was not enough money. And um, and so um, I'd gotten into personal development more than to like help not feel like a loser because I translated a business failure into I'm the worst coach, I'm the worst stepmom, I'm mm-hmm. I'm the was like the worst of everything. Yeah. And we're at this destination wedding, and. What is what do I do? I'm having fun. And then I go look at videos on YouTube of dog experiments in the 60s. I'm like, why would you do that? Exactly. Like I'm so like, like, I don't know what um, I mean, like maybe I can explore it because now it's coming up. I don't do it so much anymore. But like I'm caught like if I would feel good, I would seek out something to feel bad. Like I was so used to feeling bad. It well, that's your default. So here, not that you in particular, but what I always say that we have to be aware of what our default is because no matter how good the situation is, we have to recognize when we're going back to our default because it's what we know. 
whether mm-hmm. that is, is it's even if we don't want to be there, it's just that that's what we know. That's what normal is. Mm-hmm. So I know that everybody can relate to this in a sense that when they're in an, an experience, that's amazing. Then all of a sudden one thing pops up and it's like, I can't believe it did that. And the mood is gone, completely yeah. gone the other direction. So yeah. it is a self-sabotaging behavior and that self-sabotaging behavior comes because we have limiting beliefs of what we are deserving. Oh, we of deserve having. it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. And then like more of like a tangible one. I think that, um, the constant, um, um, I think eating fast, that might sound kind of silly, but like no. eating fast and, you know, it, um, you know, cause, cause too, like in fitness, like you're kind of, I don't know you go through phases of feeling pressure of like what size you're supposed to be to reflect being a fitness professional. Mm -hmm. And so I think letting go of that and being like, actually, I'm just showing up to help you move your body. Like it really doesn't matter how much cellulite's on the back of my legs. Like that's really not going to affect you, you know? And so I think that, um, uh, yeah, I guess that would be it. So one of my emotional eating things is let me get it down quick enough so that I don't have to think about how I'm off my diet. Mm. Like, let me just get it down. So that okay. it's done. Yep. Yep. I can, I actually can see that. I understand <laughs> that. I do understand that. That's a, that's a really interesting observation. Yeah. That little thing. Wow. So since you're, you've gone through this growth in the last couple of years, has your approach to fitness changed as far as what you do or what your body needs? Yeah. So your, everything is an X you know, like your double helix of your DNA. If you just, you know, flatten it, it's an X, Mm -hmm. your vision, your, your brain interprets what your eyes are seeing right side up in the back of your brain on the opposite back end of the brain for each diagonal eye. So everything is an X. And when you move, you move in an X, your shoulders are supposed to swing, (laughs) you know, always. Um, and so I look at it like that, where when I work with my clients and I work for myself, I'm like, how can I perfect my X? How can I transfer energy in my body? Because when you walk and your right heel hits the floor, that pressure goes up the back of your leg, twists through tendons in your hip, goes through the opposite hip, it then exits out your opposite hand and temple Mm -hmm. if it's functioning. Mm -hmm. So everything is is built around pelvis and shoulders first. And then the aesthetic pretty stuff. So because like my clients, we still do like, we're like, oh, we want our ass to get higher. Or we want to have a nice shoulder or whatever. So we'll still do that aesthetic stuff. But like foundationally, it's shoulders and hips, shoulders and hips, get them functioning so that the energy can transfer. I, I'm absolutely loving this conversation. So what you don't know <clears throat> is that I have a long 27 years in physical rehab. Oh, Try that again. I have a long history of physical rehab and I was a Pilates instructor for 15 years. So everything I did rehab wise was shoulders and hips, shoulders and hips. And people go, what about the core? And I'm, I'm dying laughing now because I would say that, but the core is a function of how your shoulders and your hips communicate with each other. So for me, it was always about how can we functionally get you moving? And a lot of times a client would say, why are we doing left hip work? I told you it's like my right knee. And I'm like, you just got to trust me on this. You got to trust me on this. We don't chase pain. We chase, like we chase improving function, but pain is not a good indicator of where the problem is because pain is a thing on its own. 
Yeah. I'm just getting so many chills. I'm just like, like I'll tell people, well, because they're dance partners or because they're best friends. This is why we're working them. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that analogy. I love that. that, So you're helping your clients to be more functionally fit as opposed to just whatever. I mean, we all have aesthetics. Don't let's not be, let's be real, but you're looking more at that end of it being more functional with them. Yeah. Because then if you look at like, what is a, like a good strength training program, you'll have like a heavy, hard to do couple of exercises, one or two. Mm-hmm. And then you go into more stuff that's more for endurance. And women, when we push through the lactic acid and we push through that wall of discomfort with higher reps, you build, you secrete human growth hormone, which for us builds the muscle like testosterone does for men. So it's like, yeah, like you want to have a solid thing to turn on all your nerves and, you know, stimulate everything. But then like, yeah, if you want to have this aesthetic, then like you're working hard. Like I cuss mm-hmm. at people, like I yell, like, you know, like I'm so ex- like, I get so excited because like, I watch people break through. Like one of my clients is in her seventies. And when she came in on the reformer, her, um, I would ask her to, to press back with her heels lifted, right. To work mm-hmm. her calves and her butt would fire. And my, my nerves did the same thing. Like it was all mixed up. And so the other day, like I was crying during her session because she did something totally not supposed to happen for the amount of nerve damage that she has in her right leg and the amount of pins that she has in her pelvis and her lumbar spine. And I was crying because I was like, you shouldn't be able to do that. Like, do you realize how much you've, you've taken yourself, you know? So you know, and she's got nice triceps. You know? <laughs> I love that. Absolutely <laughs> love it. So is that what you do primarily now is working with clients in fitness and in coaching in fitness or what does it look like? Like what? Well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Most of, most of my fitness clients transition from having to do some emotional work. Um, like they, they have to do that to, to create a new relationship with their pain mm-hmm. and they'll have like more like rehabby exercises. Like if people have neck problems, we do a lot with the shoulders and the thoracic spine because that's what's below to give the neck support. So we do do mechanical stuff. Um, and I kind of have like separate client base mm-hmm. of people who are more like, Hey, like, tell me what this connection is to high self. Tell me how I can tap into my own intuition. And then other people that are more like, I don't really care about that stuff. I want my neck to stop hurting and I want to look good. So let's go do this. And yeah. so I'm like, but energetically, yeah, like I interject it like all, oh, like I still get my way, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand. I totally understand. So tell me what the word ownership means to you. Oh my God. Ownership is recognizing your power. You know, like, I feel like we pick this body at this current incarnation. Everyone, I believe in multiple lifetimes, take it or leave it. Um, I believe that we pop into this body and we have an agreement of some sorts that says we're going to we're going to have all these life experiences happening and our emotional state is going to determine our response. Mm-hmm. You know, and like that's it. That's how it goes, because I'm like, how are there two people raised by an alcoholic and one becomes an alcoholic and one of them is like, I won't touch it. I, that's a great example. I use that example all the time when people say, but no, like nature versus nurture or what you grow up with. And I'm like, no, you can't use that example because there's lots of people who grow up in an orphanage literally Mm -hmm. or in the system and go on to create incredible things. It's whatever they decide to do. You can blame, right? You can spend your life blaming where you're at because of the circumstances that you grew up with. But what if those circumstances were there to help you to become the person you were meant to be? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think ownership is incredibly empowering, you know, um, 
and if anybody's in physical pain or financial pain or relationship pain, like it sucks right now, but you can do it. <laughs> you know, you really can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. I had a conversation with somebody yesterday who was feeling very frustrated because she was dealing with a, something with her child. And she said, I just, I don't think that I'm the person to do this. And I said, what if I told you, you are exactly the person to be dealing with this. You have gone through, I know what environment you grew up in. I know what, what stories you've lived. You are actually the perfect person to do this because these stories happened to you, for you, so that you could yeah. become this person. Like, what if you chose this? And and that's a tough one, right? That's a really tough one for some people to go, what do you mean happened for me and that I chose this? Who would choose this? But that that's, again, just a personal belief that we do so kind of, we sign up for some of these experiences is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Do, can I add something to that? Of course. I want to be, okay. So this, um, I had this really interesting thing. Like I got into like a certain level of feeling better about myself and I was like, okay, I'm a fitness professional. Like I need to like stock talk, you know, the aesthetic and talk about like fitness stuff. And I was in this like coaching group and I was really frustrated because I came back to the next week and I was like, I did a post about my pain. And it got so many likes and so many comments. And I'm so done talking about pain. Like, why do people want to hear that? Right? Yes. I'm (laughs) laughing. Sorry. Yes. Go ahead. And the coach was like, but you know, pain, like you had a financial failure. You had a relationship failure. Like you had like all these things happen. And I was like, oh my God, it just feels so heavy. I don't want to do this anymore. And, um, when this summer, like I really went hard into energy first material second with studying astrology and all these different metaphysical things. And, um, I was like, um, giving myself pain because my personality, like the Aries, like just like pushing through everything. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, I'm a fraud because I'm talking about how you self heal emotionally, but here I am in all this pain. But it was also just because there was this aspect of my personality that like, won't let things just flow that like, oh, I have to do it. So like, <laughs> we have so right? much in common. It's not same. even yeah, funny. Like, yes. Go ahead. Yes. Like, seminaries. Yes. Did you, I'm like, did you know you scheduled an interview with yourself today? Right. <laughs> like <laughs> exactly, exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. And so, um, so like when I, I had some moments this summer where like, I was really frustrated because like my neck was bothering me. I had some other physical issues happening and I was like, well, I'm, I'm clearly a fraud because I don't have this figured out. And, um, and then I went through and I was like, okay, but wait. And I like listed out all of the traumatic things that have happened mm-hmm. my whole life. And I was like, oh, each one of these fits into mental, emotional, physical, or spiritual. Mm-hmm. of how to of how to change it and i was like oh i was like so i experienced it all to be able to be to relate to people cuz you know when some people are like i like some i look at some of these like instagram influencers who parents are celebrities and it's like they buy all their followers they buy the blue check yeah. they basically like show up to instagram with a full business versus the organic <laughs> yes. climb that we have to do yes and so i'm like well i had to go through all of that because how would i authentically teach you or empathize with you if I hadn't experienced something similar. That's exactly it. I always say you can't, we avoid, a lot of times we avoid the difficult parts of our story and the difficult parts that we lived when actually that's where our superpower is. Like that's Mm -hmm. literally where our superpower is. 
And you cannot speak coach right on anything you haven't lived. You just can't, mm-hmm. like, you just can't. So when people say, well, what do I coach on? I'm like, well, what have you lived? Like, well, let's dive into your story. And they're like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. I'm like, well, that's, what's going to actually help thing. you build your business. That's the thing. And it's, yeah, it is a really uncomfortable. I mean, it's so funny. I watch some people dodge that thing forever. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, it is the thing. I didn't know it was the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So where you have your podcast, you are, I know you're present on social media. Where's the best place for people to connect with you who want to learn more or talk to you about what you do, what you offer? Definitely. So my website, mm-hmm. um, com, And, um, if you go to the, there's a couple of things that you can check out because I am doing less on social media so that my content is my content officially. So there's a body blog where the body blog, there's a weekly post that you can subscribe to where I go through, um, a body part what the limiting belief is through envy. So like the body part that you're most envious in other women is probably where one of your limiting beliefs lies. And then of course, a traumatic experience or a negative low vibration emotion. So each body part has a healing exercise, an aesthetic exercise, and then journal prompts for limiting belief or trauma. Mm -hmm. And then um, the podcast is on that website also. And then if you go to Pain Explained on the menu bar, you'll see 18 one-minute or less videos explaining from biology, from vibration to the sun and the moon to God and goddess, all the ways in which you can take ownership of your of your pain. And um, you can opt in to get a chapter of my book each week. So I'm writing a book that's called... Yeah. Less time on social media. There's a lot of time to write a book now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, What is it called? Oh, it's called pain explained the real law of attraction and why not how, why it's misuse causes physical pain and each chapter can stand alone. So when you opt in at any time, it's still going to make sense because it's kind of that segment of, of, of the how or of, of the why. Wow. I can say from somebody who has been through your Instagram and the content that you have there, you give out a ton of value. There's a ton of information for somebody who just wants to go and learn a little bit. So I love that you offer that. Absolutely love it. Yay. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I have a couple quick questions for you and you know, I could chat with you for hours on end. We're going to try and keep this down um, for your time and, and everything. So what impact do you want to create in this world? I want to help people reconnect their Hara line. Your Hara line is the, is the go between you and your high self. It's like a column, um, like a pale silver light that connects you to high self or God. I feel like we have been strategically disconnected with the age of Pisces. And now that December 21st, we officially moved into the age of Aquarius one of my roles is to help people reconnect that um, through the body. Okay. That's beautiful. Quick question then. What do you see and how can you explain to the listeners what higher self is? Your high self is we're in a 12 dimensional universe. And some say that your high self is the like top notch closest to God version of you. And, um, it's your intuition. It's, it's, you know, listening to your heart. There's indigenous cultures all over the world that teach their young to listen to their heart, not their mind. Cause mm-hmm. your mind is what gets programmed. Your heart is not. Um, so that's, that's who your high self is at the top, top tier of our universe. Cause you're in the third tier. I, you're in third density. 
Oh, see, I love this. I mean, if you're listening, you might be going, what? But I'm just, I, it's, let it blow your mind for a second. And if you are somebody who is really actually tuned in internally with your intuition, I believe that's always been my high self. Like I've always, Mm -hmm. and there have been times where I can tell you right now, the beginning, the ending of my book, the title of my book, the name of my podcast, um, whether to go ahead with surgery or not, things like that. They have all come from times where I've gone very internal and listened and allowed myself to receive that message. And that's what I've always believed it come from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Love it. Love it. Okay. Last question for you. What lesson in life are you most grateful for? Oh my God. Wait, can you, can you elaborate in what way? What do you mean? This is the cool thing. There's no right or wrong answer. It's whatever comes to you first, speaking of higher self. Um, What lesson in life are you most grateful for? I think, I think my neck, Mm. there was a lot of bad shit that happened prior to that, but um, I feel like that was like, hello, what are you doing with yourself? (laughs) You're on automatic and this is not a good show. It needs to get canceled now. <laughs> you need to do a new show. This is done. Pilot oh. was unsuccessful. Get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So you know how many people come on and they are grateful for the most difficult times in their life? That's when I find like people, I, I, I connect with people at different stages of their journey. And for some people, a lot of people who are really doing something with their story and what they've learned almost always they are grateful for the difficult lessons they learned during that time. Damn. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's a, it's a very strong correlation. I don't have a number. I'm just saying it's very strong correlation. Yeah. So I love that. Lauren, I have loved this conversation. I love what you're doing. I love how you are so strong and authentic in your voice and your message and what you're doing to spread that message out there. So I'm so grateful that we connected and to have you on the show today. Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.